trust the authority over us, so we don't want to submit. Uh, we think, I know what's best for me, so I'm not going to submit to you. How could you possibly know? Or, the authority above me is blatantly evil, so why would I submit? Or, the authority is incompetent, so why would I possibly submit? Or, the authority is immature, so why should I submit? We're in a church where people are slightly older than the majority, probably, I would say. Slightly older. And we all have a tendency to say, well, you're very young, so I'm not going to listen. Right? I'm not going to submit to that. But if it's true, it's true. And you should submit. That's why I tossed that in there. <laughs> Just because it's immature, and for some of you, every president, besides Biden, is probably more immature than you. Right? And to submit is, is hard, just for that one reason. Or the authority is not my political persuasion, and so I don't have to submit. I don't want to submit. None of that is true, according to Scripture. None of that is true. Those are all reasons, but they're not all good reasons not to submit. Peter's not the only book that encourages submission to authority. Romans chapter 13 does the same. Titus 3 does the same. And all throughout Scripture, you'll see people doing the same, submitting to wicked authority, uh, to the glory of God, while not sinning. It's a fine line that we walk in this country, especially today, when you're supposed to use this pronoun, that pronoun, say this, don't say that, be woke, but not too woke. Like the whole list is crazy. Our goal is to love our neighbor, to be truthful and honest according to Scripture, and let the chips land where they may. Peter knew well the battle that the churches were having around him into submitting to authority. He would not have mentioned this unless the people were struggling like we are with submitting to authority, like all of us do in submission, period. Otherwise, why say it? So they must have been struggling, struggling to obey the rulers, struggling to obey their husbands, struggling to obey whatever authority is among them. And so he makes a point to say in verse 13, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake whether to the emperor as supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him. And I want to just stop in the first sentence there, kind of submit yourself for the Lord's sake. Not submit yourself, again, like we talked about before, because your parents are perfect. That's not what it says. Not submit yourself to Nero because Nero's perfect, or to Biden because he's perfect, or to Kamala because she's perfect, or to Trump because he's perfect, or to... This is not why we submit. We submit for the Lord's sake, as if serving the Lord. We were discussing in Sunday school, again, it's good for me to go through my sermon in Sunday school and then do it again out here because it reminds me of things. And oftentimes, again, I leave my kids home alone and Selah's in charge. And none of my kids like to submit to Selah. And they don't like to submit to me all the time either. But they would rather submit to me than Selah right? Because they see me as more whatever, whether it's gracious, authoritative, trusting, whatever it is. Um, and so I say, listen, you obey Selah like you would obey me. For my sake, obey Selah. God is saying to us, obey or submit to authority wherever it does not cross the line into fearing man more than God, for my sake, as if you're obeying me. This is why you submit to authority. This is important because it makes then 
it's easier for us then, it's easy for my children then to submit to Selah when they know that is because it's for me. It's for my wife that I listen to Selah. So that when we are out on our date, we're not getting a million calls because no one will obey and chaos is broken out. And as I mentioned before, anarchy is worse. Absolute freedom is worse than to submission even to uh, sometimes a dictator because at least they bring some structure and some protections because the state is their best interest and the people are in their best interest. Um, pure freedom and pure anarchy, everybody doing what is right in their own eyes is like the end of man when you look in scripture. When people get worse and worse and worse, what's the final thing before God comes in? And every man did what was right in his own eyes and then God just comes in and wipes them out. That's not what you want. You do not want absolute freedom for everybody. It would be absolute chaos. What you want is everyone submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That is what you want. That is good because God knows exactly what you need. So you know that if you're submitting, you're submitting to what is good. It's very important to understand that when you submit, you're not submitting to the president that you don't like, you're submitting to Christ. That's important. Then you can do it with joy and with respect and with honor. You can do that. Submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every human authority. It's weird that I have to say uh, he's talking about humans specifically and not animals. But again, like 2023, things are getting weird where people are submitting to their animals sometimes as much as human authority or more. Right? They treat their dogs as children, their horses, whatever it is, like submitting to their every wish and demand. It's weird. Things are getting backwards for sure. It's almost like he had to put that in there. Submit to every human authority. You're to have dominion over all of creation, but submit to every human authority. And he makes a point, every human authority, all of them. Anyone that's above you, you ought to submit as submitting to Christ. Again, as long as they're not asking you to sin. Whether the emperor as a supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him. Peter says you have to submit to the Lord's sake, not just to the highest of the high and then like forget his minions who he sends out. But no, the president and then the vice president. And then as we go down in America, we have a government that's set up right by the people for the people, and so we vote in our elected officials, and after that, we all say, okay, we should say that is who we in our free society have elected, and therefore I will not even grit our teeth and bear it. As to the Lord, I will submit. And it's really, really hard. But I don't think it could be any clearer. He's saying every, all, submit. He's living in a time of Nero. To read through this and try and find that caveat is really, really hard. It's really hard. I don't know how you wiggle it out. There are some ways I would say in the United States that it's different because we have checks and balances. You can call your leaders out and you can say what you're doing is wrong. But until we have gone through those steps, you're still to submit as hard as it is. But whether the emperor has supreme authority or the governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. As I was reading through this in Sunday school, it's so easy to like skip a million really good points in here. 
So that's why I like to like slow it down piece by piece, because you'll miss what Peter is saying. Peter is saying that there is a role for the government to play. You should expect this. You should expect that your government does not bear the sword in vain. The government has been put there to protect you as a people, to keep order, so that you can then be free to live. Right? We have a billion laws in this country because we're sinful. That's how it starts. Right? And as I tell my kids all the time, especially Sailor, she gets older, and as you probably told all of your kids at the same time, and I think I even mentioned this next week, but it's good for us all to be reminded of, right? If you would be loving to one another, you would have no laws over you. If you would be loving to one another, you would have no laws over you. What laws would there be? Because you knew, hey, my neighbor's on my property. He must be coming to do me harm. No, my neighbor's coming over to get me a casserole. He's coming over to mow my lawn. He's coming over. There would be no like, hey, stay on your side. You stay on your side and we'll all be happy. It would just be, hey, so glad to see you today, right? But because we are so sinful, it's like law upon law upon law till we're like overwhelmed with laws. The government's job is to discipline, punish, correct those who sin and are unloving and to reward those who are good. That is their job. Our government has way overstepped its bounds with a million feeding programs and everything else. This is not the government's job, it's your job. The government should be protecting you so that you are free to have commerce. You are free to live. You are free to build wealth and then to live generously with one another. Peter says in here, this is what the government is for. And it's repeated in multiple places that the government does not carry the sword in vain. The government's job is to punish evildoers and reward those who live right. We should live in such a way that the government doesn't need to keep making ridiculous laws. We should be the example. Like live like them and then I wouldn't have to have that law is what we should be doing. So the job of the government, just so you know, is to punish those who do wrong, commend those who do right. The government does not always do that well, obviously, and we're to submit where we can. And remind the government, government, this is why you're here. Thankfully, in our country, we can say to our government, government, this is why you're here. Do not overstep. For it's God's will, verse 15, that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. I love to talk on God's will, and one of those reasons is because God's will is clear in Scripture. You do not need a Ouija board or like your magic eight ball or any of those things. What's God's will right here? God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Come up with ways today and tomorrow to do good. And then when people try and say something negative about you, they won't be able to come up with anything. Like with Peter and like with John, they're like trying to come up with some way to spin it so that they, they can't function anymore in that society. They could punish them, come up with a reason. They couldn't find anything. They couldn't find anything at all. They couldn't even say, hey, you're playing a trick with this guy. They said, this guy's over 40 years old. Everybody's seen him at the gate and they healed him. What are we going to do? That's where we should be as well. That if people were to look at our lives, they wouldn't be able to like dig in deep enough to find something to get us on. And this is a good reminder for us to kind of 
go through our lives and, and see what is the thing, what is the thing that would uh, defame the name of Christ in my life? So it's God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. There's no law against doing good. Do good as much as you can. One of the things that we can do that is good is submit to our rulers. Not because our rulers are good. This is never the reason why we submit to our rulers, because they're good. But for Christ's sake, we submit, because Christ is good. 16. Live then as free people. But do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. In Christ we are free, no more slaves to sin. Our leader is Christ, and we are free under him in Christ. No longer are we under the judgment of God. However, sometimes, or some people in Christ in Peter's day, must have been saying, well, I am a Christian, so I no longer submit to X, Y, and Z. And Peter's saying, whoa. Just because you're a Christian does not mean you're no longer under this government's rule. That's not what it means. You are under the lordship of Christ. He is your Lord. He is your leader. And he is the Lord and leader of everyone in this kingdom, everyone in this world. But under that, God has put certain authorities in place. And the ones we have here, you know them. But some of the Christians, again, must have been saying, hey, I came to Christ. Now God is my Lord. Now forget Rome. Right? And he's saying, no, that's, that's not how we're going to live. You are free, but don't use your freedom as a cover-up for evil or lack of submission or disobedience. Don't use your freedom as that. We don't need rebellion. Some people must have been being rebellious, and Peter's addressing them. Instead... We should live as God's slaves. In Scripture, we are all presented as slaves. Everyone. Everyone in the entire world. You're either a slave to sin, Scripture says, or you're a slave to God. That's it. Right? You're free in Christ, meaning you have a good master now. You have a master who's out for your best interests now. But ultimately, we are all slaves there is no getting around that. There is no, again, middle ground where I'm my own thing. You're a slave to your sin or you're a slave to Christ. That's it. Pagan or believer doesn't matter. Those things are true. Only one of these, though, has a true love for us, and that is God. There is no third way. In living as Christ's slaves, we are fulfilling our purpose in Christ. And doing what we're created to do. And there is no such thing as freedom without Christ. To live for Christ is to be truly free. Again, to, if you can wrap your mind around that, the whole entire world is screaming, let me be free, let me do whatever I want. Let me be free, let me do whatever I want. And that does not get you where you need to be. Instead it is, I am free in Christ. Let me do whatever he wants. And then you'll be truly free. He knows exactly how to make you free. He knows exactly how to give you peace and joy and comfort and rest. So submit to him and then you'll be free. There are so many people who are doing whatever they want. And when you look at their lives, it's an absolute disaster. 
you know, not to point out Zach over here, but I'm going to, but he deals with some hard people all the time. And what they're trying to do is be free. I do what I want. I'm going to carry guns if I want. I'm going to do weed if I want. I'm going to do crack if I want. I'm going to do the whole list of things. They're trying to be free. I'll sleep with who I want. I'll live where I want. You can't tell me what to do. And what Zach would love and what any officer would love is if people would just submit. I don't want to have to kick your door in. I don't want to have to put on a bulletproof vest and bring an AR-15 into this. I just want you to submit. Because what your freedom is doing is destroying everybody else's lives. But if they would submit to Christ, what a change. What a peace they would have. What a peace he would have. There would be no police force anymore. Because we would all be loving one another under Christ. We would all be brothers and sisters. And one day that is what it will be. And that's what we look forward to. There will be an ultimate judgment. There will be an army that comes in. And all it will take is Christ to end it all. So we should live as God's slaves and we should show proper respect to everyone. Show proper respect to the police, to the military, to the governors, to the leaders, to the teachers, to your parents, uh, to the elders, to the deacons, to your Sunday school teachers, right? The list goes on and on. Show proper respect to everyone. In this world, we tend to think like, hey, you respect me and I'll respect you. And that's how we're going to do it. That is not what scripture says. You are created in the image of God and I will respect you. I don't have to believe you. I don't have to agree with you, but I will respect you because you are a valuable human being created in the image of God. You are a sinner just like me. So I will respect you. You do not have to earn my respect. You have it. I don't have to respect what you do, but as far as submitting and as far as respecting and as far as honoring, I can do that because I honor Christ. That's the filter you have to see it all through. Otherwise, it will just be drudgery. But if you know who your Savior is and who your Father is, so much better, so much easier. So much easier, again, for my children to submit to Selah when they know they're submitting to me, the one who feeds them the one who speaks to them gently, the one who gives them safety in the home. It's so much easier for them. And so the government in this world is like that, the intermediate between God and so we can submit. Show proper respect to everyone. What is proper? Love the family of believers. Loving the family of believers, I think he emphasizes this point for the same reason that we often have to, like, we see this in our families very often. When I walk through the door, sometimes I like let down my whole guard. I'm less loving to my own children than I would be to like a youth group of chaos, right? If I had that same amount of chaos in my house, my kids would be like getting shut down. But it seems like whenever it's a room full of like youth group kids, I'm like, hey guys, let's calm it down a little bit. Hey, let's slow some things down. But when I come home, I'm like, sit down, be quiet. It's too much. Don't say another word, right? It goes like that. Because some some reason for the stranger, my patience is here. For my kids, it's like here. Right? So I think what he's saying is, I could be wrong, love the family of believers. Okay? We've been with each other for a long time. Some of you for a long, long time. 
and some of you are new. The new guy's always like, man, everybody seems so great here. And the guy who's been here is a while like, yeah, <laughs> you haven't been around long enough to see some of the things I've seen, right? It kind of wears some of that shine off because after a while, you're going to realize we're all sinners in need of a savior, right? And so I think what he's saying is, hey, brothers and sisters, love one another. Yeah, you're safe here, but be careful you don't get so comfortable that you start to just bite and devour one another. Continue to love one another as Christ loves you. Fear God. As I mentioned before, we're to fear God first and foremost. And the scripture that I always go back to for this is, right, you don't fear man who can just kill the body, but fear the one who can cast both body and soul into hell. That's who's your ultimate authority. Man can only kill the body. Worst they can do is make you dead and with Christ. God can do far worse. And so I think he's speaking both to Christians and to non-Christians. You ought to fear the Lord and do what is right. And then it says, honor the emperor. The emperor deserves our respect because he was placed in that authority by God. So we're to fear God first and foremost. Honor the emperor. You can do it because you're honoring Christ in that. You've got to see it that way or it's going to be impossible. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Then when the emperor asks you to do something that is sinful, you say no because I fear God. He is my Savior. He is my Lord. He is my King. I can go this far and no further. That's it. That's it for me. Again, that's important to remember. It's God who puts them there. It's God who keeps them there. It's God who removes them when it's their time to be removed when it comes to authorities over us. In the beginning of this message, I talked about there are reasons why we do not submit to authority, and we all have those reasons, right? We don't trust the authority over us. Fine, but do you trust God? Because this is your answer to all these objections. We don't trust the authority. All authority is put there by God, and we can trust him. You don't have to trust the authority over you. You have to trust God with that authority. We think only I could possibly know what's best for me. God knows what's best for me even more than I do. Right? That's an interesting thing as well. You think I know me best. I know what I need best. You don't. Our hearts are wickedly deceitful above all else. We can't even know it, right? I think I need more money. God says, no, you don't. I think I need more time. God says, actually, you spend a lot of time just wasting it, right? I say I need. God says, I know what you need. And it's probably going to look different than what you think. So we do not resist authority because we say, I know what's best. We submit to authority because God knows what's best. And he's asked us to submit. And so I go, okay, it must be what is best for me. The authority is evil. God can use even evil for good. God uses sin sinlessly. So yes, that leader may be ultimately evil, but so are you. What am I going to say? Can I use the same standard with my kids? Hey, kids, don't follow that leader because he's evil. Well, can your kids follow you? 
You ever lie? You ever lust? You ever steal? You ever break God's law in any way? Do you always love your neighbor as yourself? Always love God first? No. So your children honor you because God has put you in authority. You honor even the evil man because God has put him in authority. That is why you submit. The authority is incompetent. Yes, well, God is not incompetent. And so you can submit to that authority. God uses incompetent people every day. That is you. <laughs> How competent are you to be a father when you get married? How competent are you to be a pastor when you start out? You hit some basic numbers, right? Some basic rules. You've gotten some basic wisdom and then you get into it and you realize, I was not prepared for that. And God uses you. God uses you. So I'm not saying you should be unprepared. And I'm not saying the authority should be. But what I'm saying is God uses incompetent people. And that guy that you don't want to submit to because he's so incompetent, God's called you to do it anyways because God is competent and uses these authorities all the time. He even uses you. The authority is immature. Yes, you were immature once too. And people had to submit to you as well. God is the one who places younger men and women in charge, and we're to submit to them as well if there are authority. The authority is not of my political persuasion. God has no political affiliations, and he asks you to submit to whatever authority is in charge. Submitting to God by submitting to those he has put in authority over you is what is going on. When you submit to them, you submit to God. When your children submit to you, they submit to God. We do it for Christ's sake, and we do it for their sake, so that they can see our submission and say, why? Hopefully their eyes are open to that. Why did he submit? I was such a disaster. We submit to God, trusting he is indeed ruling over all these things. And then next week, we'll take a peek at, we should submit to God because... Christ also submitted to authority. We should submit to authority because Christ submitted to authority. Go back again, read Peter again, prepare for next week, and we'll be looking at submitting to your masters as slaves. And then I think my last Sunday will be submitting to your husbands and so forth. So... <laughs> My wife hopefully will be there for that one. <laughs> Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you for your word. As hard as it is, sometimes we know that it's good. Help us to push off our apathy and our laziness. Uh, help us to view our, the authority the way you do, that is put in place by you for our good. Uh, help us to see even the most ridiculous laws as uh, put there at times for us. Uh, by you, to teach us to be humble, to teach us to be respectful, to teach us to honor people for your sake and for their sake. God, help us with our children to be an example that they want to follow, that they want to submit to. Help us to be kind and gentle, yet protective and authoritative. Help us to find that balance that you had, where you held all power and all authority in your hand, and yet you didn't use it to just wipe everyone out on the cross. You submitted. You controlled the power that you had. 
God, help us to love one another. Help us to love each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. Help us to do that first and foremost, and then that love will kind of spread out into the world. Help us not to be afraid to share your name, but to do so boldly. And if we're told to stop, we do not. We continue because you are the one who raises dead men and women every day. In Christ's name, amen. Turn your hymn books to 292. 292, and let's stand and sing this song together. Nothing between my soul and my Savior. Nothing between my soul and the Savior, not of this world's delusive dream. I have renounced all sinful pleasure. Jesus is mine, there's nothing between. Nothing between my soul and my Savior, so that his blessed face may be seen. Nothing preventing the least of his favor. Keep the way clear, let nothing between. Nothing between like worldly pleasure. Habits of life, though harmless they seem. Must not my heart from him bear sever? He is my all, there's nothing between. Nothing between my soul and the Savior, so that his blessed face may be seen. Nothing preventing the least of his favor. Keep the way clear that nothing between, nothing between like pride or station. Self or friend shall not intervene, though it may cost me much tribulation. I am resolved there's nothing between. Nothing between my soul and the Savior, so that his blessed face may be seen. Nothing preventing the least of his favor. Keep the way clear, let nothing between. Nothing between even many hard trials. Though the whole world against me convene, watching with prayers and much self-denial, I at last with nothing between, nothing between my soul and my Savior, so that His blessed face may be seen. Nothing preventing the least of his favor. Keep the way clear, let nothing between. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you for loving